Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. We believe that Lights in the Heights starts in two weeks. It's crazy. <laughs> Where has the time gone? Christmas time, hey? It can be a little bit daunting for many of us. We can feel overwhelmed and so busy. There's so much to get done, so much to do, so many end-of-year events. I've said to Steve, I've got six, starting this week, six Christmas breakup parties for six days in a row. It's like, whoa, party season. <laughs> so if you're an introvert, that can be really draining and tiring, right? <laughs> I'm not, thank goodness, but <laughs> it's good. And we can be also stressed financially during this time. And we can be drained emotionally as we... Um, have to deal with difficult people and family members and sometimes they come with dramas don't they don't be the person in the family that brings a drama hey be the low maintenance blessing person (laughs) and we can be tired physically from all the rushing around and all the things that we need to get done and the food that we've got to prepare and the gifts we've got to buy so how do we navigate this season well and not shift into society's default of negativity and cynicism we need to remember the reason for the season It's actually about Jesus and we can still shine that love of Jesus in this season. We can have him central to what is going on in our world. So last week I was sharing about um, finding our personal purpose in the ordinary every day. To be an example to those who don't know how to function in the ordinary. We want to be emotionally unwavering and we want to model that to people that see us. That's how we shine the light of Jesus. So it's important to cultivate joy to show appreciation, to have a sense of contentment and um, to display gratitude, especially in this holiday season. Well, this week, Americans celebrated Thanksgiving. Now, there's some things I don't like about American society, but there's some things that I absolutely love about it. I love how they are patriotic. They're very honouring. They bring their children up with an incredible confidence. I don't know how they do that. But I love Thanksgiving, the whole concept of taking out a day to spend with your loved ones and to talk about what you're actually grateful for, what you are thankful for, and to celebrate. I love that. And I reckon it would be great to take advantage of this Christmas season and do that in this season, to celebrate with friends and family and actually reflect and express your thankfulness. Um, William A. Ward says, Gratitude can transform common days into thanksgiving, turn routine jobs into joy and change ordinary opportunities into blessings. That's what I want to share with you today. So studies have shown that People who practice gratitude, they report experiencing more joy and pleasure, they express more compassion and generosity towards others, and they're even less likely to get sick. So that's really good. (laughs) It can be hard to sustain that spirit of thankfulness, especially when holiday busyness distracts us from the celebrations going on around. Um, Another thing from William A. Ward says, feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. That'd be sad, wouldn't it? So I'm going to give you an opportunity now, turn to the person next to you and tell them one thing that you're grateful for. Can't hear you. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Now tell the person on the other side, your second choice, (laughs) tell them something, something else that you're grateful for. 
That's good. I love the joy. See, you're laughing already because you've been grateful and thankful. Are you feeling better? Are you feeling well? <laughs> Come on. Hey, let's have a look at David's prayer in Psalm 19:14. This is from the Passion Version. So may the words of my mouth, my meditation thoughts, and every movement of my heart be always pure and pleasing, acceptable before your eyes, my only redeemer, my protector God. So perfect and such a lesson for us. My words and thoughts in every walk of life can express worship for God. Words of hope, love, optimism, encouragement and truth. And they're such an important aspect of my obedient worship to God who is all worthy. And they literally have the power to transform my life and the lives of others. So we shouldn't be surprised that worship changes everything. So are you worshipping God with your words? Are you experiencing his transforming power? Because words are wonderful when they're used in the right way. They can encourage, edify, give confidence to the hearer. And a right word spoken at the right time can actually be life-changing. We can literally increase our own joy by speaking right words. We can also upset others by taking unnecessar- talking unnecessarily about our problems, our insecurities or things that have hurt us in relationships. The words that come out of our mouth go into our own ears as well as other people's. And then they drop down into our soul where they bring us life or death, peace or upset. They can bring us light or they can bring us darkness, they can bring out um, problems or insecurities or they can bring incredible peace. So it's important that we really consider the words that we speak. God desires that our spirit be light and free so it can function properly, not be heavily and oppressed. So when we understand the power of words and that we can choose what we think and speak, our lives will be transformed. We can learn to choose our thoughts, to resist wrong ones, and to think on good, healthy, and right ones. Where the mind goes, the man follows. But also where the mind goes, the mouth follows. Isn't that right? Words of blessing and truth are one of the ways that we worship our God and honour others in our world. My words tell others and myself what I believe about God. They tell others what I believe about myself and my life and they reveal my attitude. So I want my words to show true worship, revealing the mighty one, whether I'm in front of people leading a service or talking to my children at night or on the phone to that person, that um, customer service rep who's really not understanding my request at this time. (laughs) I want my words to be aligned with God's truth. Actually, one of my friends was dealing for weeks and weeks with someone with the internet speed and it was going, it'd been weeks and weeks of calls and ended up going to the top man in Australia who said, before we start, I would just like to say, I've read all the transcripts of your conversations and it must have been very frustrating for you, but can I just thank you that you've never sworn at any of our reps during the time (laughs) because he's a Christian, he's been... Firm but very peaceful in all his conversations. That was an incredible witness. (laughs) We take some time today to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the ways that you speak and think and if there's anything that's detrimental to yourself or to others. Because today can be a new day. It can be a new beginning. 
The way we speak about our circumstances, especially at this time of the year, will affect how we, whether we enjoy it or not. And this time of year will affect um, those around us as well. You know, if we're saying all the time, I'm so busy, I am so tired, oh, I've got another party to go to, I just want to stay home. Or this one, I can't wait for this year to be over. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> um, <laughs> we want to focus on the things that we are grateful for and speak out these things. So Philippians 4, verse 8 to 9. Finally, brothers, this isn't the end of the sermon. This is just what it says in the verse. <laughs> Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. We want peace during this season, don't we? We think on them, then we can express them as encouragement and gratitude. We can speak joy into the world. And there's a quote here. If you spend time looking for all the good in people, you'll have no time to criticise. We live in such a world of criticism and cynicism, right? And this is not God's way. Cynicism is a general distrust of motives. People comes with ridicule. There's incredible self-fulfillment and resources in our society for people, yet we're in the greatest season of depression. Cynicism makes us lose antibodies of hope. We dismiss the work of God and we also lower our expectations. So we need to counteract this with celebrations. Come on, all you sanguines, get happy. <laughs> Celebration should be strong in us as Christians. We have everything to celebrate and be grateful for. Think about God. He is happy and joyful. He's the happiest being in the universe. The devil will try and come and tell you otherwise. He, right from the start in Genesis, he tried to tarnish God's character. When he came to Adam and Eve and he said, Oh, did God really say that? Basically, he was saying to him, he's really holding back on you, doesn't he? He doesn't want the best for you because he doesn't want to have this knowledge of good and evil. Coming against God's character that he is good and has good things for us. Joy is his character. And we're made in his image. And we should be image bearers of that. Model it to people around us. That's our job. And he is the source of joy. As he said before, in his presence is fullness of joy. And this is so dominant in the scriptures. He is a good God. And he made a good world for us. I love this in Job 38. It's coming on really strong, God, but I love it. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? God's just showing off how big his creation here he is. And you know, right from the start, the angels are shouting for joy because of what God has done, this incredible enormity of who he is and what he has done for us. And at Christmas time, we know that the angels came and there was a rejoicing, an incredible joy and celebration. We read in Luke 2, when they arrived in Bethlehem, Mary went into labor and there she gave birth to her firstborn son. After wrapping the newborn baby in strips of cloth, they laid him in a feeding trough since there was no available space in any upper room in the village. That night in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. 
Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God, and the shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid, for I have come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard. Tell your neighbor, it's the most joyous news, what did it say? The most joyous news the world has ever heard. Tell them. No, 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 come on, it's the most joyous news the world has ever heard. Wow. Oh, yeah, ever heard. <laughs> and the next bit, and it's for everyone everywhere. Woo. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born to you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. You'll recognize him by his miracle sign. You'll find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Then all at once, a vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very armies of heaven. And they all praised God, singing, Glory to the God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. So when the choir's angels disappeared back to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go, let's hurry and find this word that is born in Bethlehem and see for ourselves what the Lord has revealed to us. So they ran into the village and found their way to Mary and Joseph and there was the baby lying in a feeding trough. Upon seeing this miraculous sign, the shepherds recounted what had just happened. Everyone who heard the shepherd's story was astonished by what they were told. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart and often pondered what they meant. The shepherds returned to their flock ecstatic over what had happened. They praised God and glorified him for all they had heard and seen for themselves, just like the angel had said. Wow, Jesus the Messiah coming to earth. Incredible joy and celebration, fulfillment of prophecies. And I'd love you this week to read Isaiah 61 and what is promised in there in the prophecies. And then in Luke 4.18, we know that, um, that Jesus got up and this is what he spoke. We got that? He spoke these words, which are from Isaiah 61. I'm here to proclaim the year, the Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. Other one? No, back to. <laughs> Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. And provide for those who grieve in Zion. This is actually Isaiah 61. But Jesus got up. I love these next little bits here. Give us ashes. Crown of beauty instead of ashes. Oil of joy instead of mourning. A garment of praise for the spirit of despair. Will be called oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord for the display of his splendour. This is amazing. And Jesus got up in the temple the first time that he spoke publicly, read this verse and said, today this has been fulfilled because the joy of the world had come. He had come to do all of those things, incredible things, to set the captives free and to bring good news and to get rid of darkness. That is worth rejoicing. That is something to be excited about because there was great joy because Jesus was born and he knew his purpose of coming to earth. And all through the Bible, there's celebration. Right from the start with the children of Israel, 
every year they had to celebrate, se- had to, they got to celebrate seven feasts. And these always invited, involved sacrifice and thanksgiving and praising. And it always involved, involved a lot of food, massive barbecues. I absolutely love that. Because it wasn't fasting, it was feasting. Woo! God is he's a God of fun and enjoyment and celebration. There was lots of food. We know that David, he danced in the presence of God and his wife, Michelle, looked at him and she was cynical. And what happened to her? She actually was barren the rest of her life. That's what cynicism brings to us. It brings a barrenness into our world. We see when um, Joshua came and there were rejoicing and giving and celebration all through the word of God. Nehemiah 8.12, then all the people went away to eat and drink and to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy. It says in one version, they read the Bible, then they ate the fatty meats, they drank the sweet wine and rejoicing heard was great. This is our God. This is what he does for us. So where there is joy, there is a giving as well. When we come to offering time, that should be the most joyous time. We shouldn't call it hand around the offering buckets. They should be the joy buckets. Let's hand them around. It says in his word, God loves a cheerful giver. We should be putting them like, oh, yeah, get to give. Because that's God. That's what the joy that we want in our world. We want to be hilarious givers. You know, there's such a contention for celebration. You know, Jesus shared parables, stories to teach us about life and the kingdom of heaven. And he shared in Matthew 22 and Luke 14 that there were these parties that had been prepared, celebrations, and people didn't want to come. They made excuses. There's always that distraction from coming and celebrating. And this was representing the kingdom of heaven too. We've got a feast prepared for people and they don't want to come, they want to make excuses. But God wants it, it, the place to be full. He wants there to be this incredible celebration. And there is such... Heaven is such a rejoicing place, such a happy place. He then told, Jesus told the parable of the lost sheep. And he had a, this guy had a hundred sheep, but one was missing. He left the 99 to go and find the lost. And when he found that lost one, he came back and there was a party, there was a celebration. And God is talking, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven. If there's someone who is far from God and they're lost and they come into relationship with him, they're found... There is a literal party going on in heaven. They are celebrating that the lost was found. That's how important it is and celebration is so key. Hedonism, which is the pursuit of pleasure and self-indulgence, is rife in our world and it's basically deprived the world of the joy of God so that the world looks good. But you know our brain is actually addicted to that dull feeling of gloom after a big event and the brain pulls us back to try to recreate that. It's like, I imagine it's like Groundhog Day, the same thing over and over again. And in that, we're never getting in touch with real deep joy. And John Tyson says, not Mike's brother, another guy, <laughs> says, celebration, a discipline of delight, and it is the practice of defiance against cynicism. It is a spiritual warfare against hopelessness. It is a prophetic reminder of who God is and what he can do. I love that. And we can have those contrary emotions to this. We get bitter, anxious, envious. These are symptoms of a heart sickness. But joy epitomizes health and wholeness, a healthy spirit. We have the emotions of the fallen world, but joy is an emotion of godliness. 
You can have a downward pull of the fallen world, but joy is an upward pull of the living God. The dimensions of darkness need joy patches of his light. That's why Paul says in Romans 15, 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. We need hope in our world. Scientists, neurobiologists, have shown that while most brain development stops sometime in childhood, the brain's joy centre, located and observable in the right orbital brain's prefrontal cortex, (laughs) is the only part in the brain that never loses its capacity to grow. Yeah, there's pathways that are made. As Dr James Frears and his colleagues explained, when the joy centre has been sufficiently developed, it regulates emotions, pain control and immunity centres. It guides us to act like ourselves. It releases neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin and it's the only part of the brain that overrides the main drive centres, food, sexual impulses, terror and rage. So without sufficient joy, we spend the rest of our lives trying to fill the deficit. So the practice of celebration strengthens our joy centre which enables us to break out of hedonism and invites the world into true pleasure. And Psalm 1611 says, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And what's interesting here is it's plural. It's a wide range of pleasures. We trust God and he is in control and he will make known of the path for me as I spend time in his presence. And this isn't about feeling good all the time. That's impossible. It's not about happy feelings. Because life's not a journey of hills and valleys with ups and downs. It's more like train tracks. Every day good things happen and produce joy and satisfaction. But every day there's also something sad or bad or sorrow at the same time. They run parallel through our lives. And any given day, great experiences and also a sense that something's not right. And in our everyday life and circumstances, we need to focus on the joy, choose joy. You say, oh, but you know, people won't change. They're just, that's how they are and they're just going to live that way. And if they're a sad sack, they're always going to be like that. But that's not true. People can change. And I have faith that people can be transformed and changed. We're called to be disciples, to be them and to make them. And that is to be a follower of Christ and to be more and more like him every day. So this can, we can forge and develop them and and it's a process. And for me, it's not a natural, I'm not a, wouldn't say I was a natural joy person. I was very melancholy growing up. Um, But I've learned to cultivate it and learn to do that and to make the choices because I was actually very sarcastic and very cynical. But I made a choice to pursue this and to cultivate the joy. I remember someone coming in once, um, I think I was in my early 20s, and a couple, and they prophesied, and they said, you'll be a joy giver where you go. And I was thinking, oh, that doesn't really line up with what I'm doing now. (laughs) But I had to cultivate that and work on that. And I would go into a situation thinking, I need to be in that frame of mind and that spirit and be speaking words of life and bringing joy, not coming in and picking everything apart. So it's a choice. And happiness doesn't happen to us it's something we make happen and that changed my life and you can say well that's not that didn't happen well it's my experience and I know it you can't argue with my experience it's the same for you you tell people of the good things in your life 
and what's happened to you. You can say, when I got baptised, I was full of peace. No, you weren't. Well, yes, I was. That was my experience. You can't argue with that. It's a real thing. And my word for 2018, I always get a word from God for the church and for us. And I felt the word this year was engagement, that I was to be present in the moment, in every situation, enjoying the moment, looking for the joy and looking for God in that moment and in that experience and seeing his goodness in all that I do. It meant very much I don't have, on social media, I'm always putting up things to try and make people laugh. I actually forget to take photos of celebrations because I'm in the moment enjoying them instead of look at me <laughs> I'm actually yeah having a great time <laughs> I'm engaged in whatever I'm doing and for me that's brought a great sense of contentment too accepting what is and what is and what isn't you know I can get overwhelmed that I have so many events scheduled and they're all essential or I can embrace them I said to Steve at the moment I'm just being an alcoholic I'm saying one day at a time I go, right, what's on this time? Right, that's this party. That's going to be fantastic. I'm gonna, this one, I've got to dress up like this and do this. Great. And not go, then I've got that, then I've got, okay, then the next day, what have we got tonight? Right, we've got this party. Yay, I'm going to go and have a really good time. And go, wow, how blessed am I to have so many incredible people in my world that I get to have this party. I've got a job, so I get to go to an end-of-year work party. And I've got a great church, so I get to have them over for dinner. You know, it's like you've got to look at it that way. And it's um, be engaged in that event at that time. Enjoy it and laugh. Be in the moment. Because the simple things like that are contagious. If you're embracing it and loving it, other people around you will do that. Get around people who celebrate, because I'm telling you, the joy will rub off on you. And it's... If we're always looking forward and what's coming up, we miss what's happening now. Yeah. And in our worlds, celebrate what you can, not what you can't. Well, I can't do that. Well, then don't do it. What can you do? I can do that. Then do that. There's different types of celebration. We need to be strategic about celebration. There are large areas of our lives to build celebration into. We find reflective delight in all areas of our life when we look at all the blessings from God and have those rhythms of celebration running through our lifestyle, reflecting on his stories of goodness and see what he is doing. Plan things into your calendar. That's why we do things like all-in nights and QB volunteers tier parties. That's why we have um, good news stories and we have plus one stories at Connect Group because we want to celebrate what God is doing. And if you're simple and strategic, then spontaneity can be released too. It becomes an instinct. I think sometimes we're just too serious. We need to be more like kids and feel free and safe and to run into that space where they have no cares and their, their burdens are lifted off. I don't know if you've ever feel, felt flat. Do what kids do. Do you know what? We had an exercise class. They said skip. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Do you know what? That is the most awesome experience. What? <laughs> do it right I just feel free I feel like I'm flying and people are laughing at me it's awesome I just think that is great be like a child be spontaneous and get some joy in your world seriously do that today and if nothing else you'll make someone else laugh and they'll have a good time as well it's exhilarating it's so freeing and kids are like that you see a kid and you're taking pleasure in the simplest things and in the things of creation I take pleasure and joy from the simplest things. Take Steve, for instance. (laughs) 
No, what I mean is that is, <laughs> he is so uncomplicated. Do you know what? We can just sit. The very fact, we've got this thing at the moment where after we finish what we're doing on a Saturday morning, we just go somewhere and have a coffee together. It's so simple, but it is just pure and beautiful and it's just put such a strength in our relationship. That was just a coffee. What's that? Hey, I delight in coffee. <laughs> I seriously get that mother and go, oh man. And I just savour it. And I delight in that and go, who is the awesome person who found some weird bean and then dried it, and then crushed it, then put water on it? And br- like, wow, that has got to be something from God that someone was able to do that. And don't get me started on chocolate. Oh my goodness. How amazing is God to create that? We can get delight from the simple things, but they're actually incredible. I have this. I don't swim at the beach, it's too, too cold, but I love, the o- love looking at the ocean. Every time I go around a certain part of Karanup Road or I come down Hepburn Avenue and see the water, I, every time I go, wow, I get to live here. I get to see this. This is stunning. Ah, oh, it just blows my mind, it really does. Proverbs 31, 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. Ha! <laughs> laugh at the future it's good see the funny side of things if it's funny later it's probably going to be funny now even though it doesn't feel like it don't take yourself too seriously it's a really important thing and there's a redemptive celebration carefully plot out the redemption of God in your own life we had a next level leadership group and it was incredible just to write out our story of God through our lives and where he had been it gave me such an incredible awe of him and share your story. Steve celebrates his spiritual birthday every April. He knows when that is and celebrates it. Recount these things. Mark the moments and tell the story. You've got a baptism certificate. You can say, on this day, I was baptised and this is what happened. And tell people your stories. It's why we celebrate water baptisms and why we dedicate babies. And why we have wedding, celebrate wedding anniversaries in our church. These things are really important. And then there's courageous celebration. We celebrate by faith, where we're defiant and we stand on God's promises and say, even though all this stuff is happening, I will celebrate because I know in the end, I'm going to be victorious through my God and I'm going to celebrate now and be courageous in that. Because if we wait for all our circumstances to be perfect and line up, for our experiences to be perfect and great, that will never happen and we will never celebrate Rick Warren says, the Bible tells us to give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. How is this possible? Notice that God tells us to give thanks in all circumstances, not for all circumstances. God doesn't expect you to be thankful for evil, for sin, for suffering or for their painful consequences in the world. Instead, God wants you to thank him that he will use your problems to fulfil his purposes. And Max Licardo says, if you're only happy when all your circumstances is good, that's contingent joy. If so, you may have substituted courageous joy for contingent joy. Contingent joy is always dependent upon a circumstance. Contingent joy says, I'll be happy when or I'll be happy if. I'll be happy when I have a new house or a new spouse. I'll be happy when I'm healed or when I'm home. Contingent joy depends on the right circumstance. Since we cannot control every circumstance, we set ourselves up for disappointment. 
Envision the person who buys into the lie of contingent joy. As a young person, they assume, if I get a car, I'll be happy. They get the car, but the car wears out. They look for joy elsewhere. If I get married, I'll be happy. So they get married, then disappointed. The spouse cannot deliver. This goes on through a series of attempts. If I get the new job, if I can retire, if I just had a baby, in each case, joy comes, then diminishes. By the time this person reaches old age, he has ridden a roller coaster of hope and disappointment. He becomes sour and fearful. Contingent joy turns us into wounded people. So true. John 10.10 says, The thief, the devil, comes only to steal and kill and destroy, and I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. You know, the joy of the Lord really is your strength. And the devil knows that. If he can rob you of your strength, that he will turn you into a weak, whining and ineffective Christian. The devil's not after your health. He could care less about your marriage or your finances. And your children don't mean a thing to him. But he's after your joy. And the way that he tries to steal your joy is to go after your health, your marriage, your kids, your finances. The devil knows that you cannot... That he cannot deny you of your salvation or the forgiveness that Jesus gives to you. So what he does, he tries to steal the most valuable commodity that he is able to get his hands on. And Satan is relentless and he will do everything that he can to lie to you and eventually deceive you out of your joy. So stand toe-to-toe with the accuser of the brethren and say, Satan... You cannot, you will not, you will never be able to take my joy from me. And when we choose to defy the enemy with the joy that Jesus died to give you, you'll become a powerful force in the world today. God can use joyful Christians who are bold enough to hang on to their joy no matter what is going on in their circumstances. And Luke 15, 3 to 7, this is a parable that I was talking about earlier. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't need to repent. Joy comes when the lost are found. Oh, found. When we join Jesus in his work by sharing and seeing people come to him, we can be a part of the heavenly celebration right here and right now. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.